0: Hello and welcome to episode 151 of Section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley, as always, joined by my co-host Bryson and Jacob. And we couldn't be talking about a better series for the Toronto Blue Jays. They
1: sweep the Oakland Athletics. How are you guys? Great to be here. What a weekend. Um, pretty much topped off by amazing an amazing comeback twice on Friday. And then Saturday and Sunday, just pretty much complete games from the Jays. Uh, great performances from both starting pitching the offense is back. Um, I mean, I guess we were right. It took a series against the Orioles to get the bats going. A good homestand featuring a couple comebacks once again. And as predicted, the Jays sweep the A's and are somehow or, you know, somewhat back in it in the AL card race. So here we go.
0: Yeah, Bryson, you were right all along. Jacob and I said they would take two of three. And even I thought that was overly optimistic. I wasn't too certain that that would happen. But Blue Jays sweep it. It's kind of insane that we're at this point in the season and they have some tiny shred of hope that people are hanging on to. And got to be honest, I'm kind of getting back into it. But how are you, Jacob?
2: I am beyond shocked about what the heck happened this weekend. I'll take it. Uh, I mean, this was it's definitely making things a little more interesting. And now this New York series is very, very interesting. I think it's three games. Blue Jays are three games back of the Yankees. Or, or excuse me, four games, but still, you could t- be within, or you could take the Yankees or overtake them if you win. But one thing I will say, give a quick shout out. I am three and zero since I've been allowed to watch the games at work. So, for those of you who are betting on games, I will be watching every time I show up. So, little thing there, but yeah. Anyways, overall, very, very good series. A lot of offense. I mean, you look at these games. I think there was maybe fifty runs between the two teams in the three games. That's ridiculous. And uh, you know what? It's making September a whole lot more interesting for this team.
0: Yeah, I think the final stat was 29 runs total for the Blue Jays over the course of the series. Um, Not sure if that's right because they scored eight, of course, in the Sunday game. And then they scored 10 in Saturday's game and 11 in uh, Friday's game. And of course, Friday's game was a wild one. But Jacob um just on that note even if the blue jays sweep this series they'll still be a half game back of the yankees but still like that <laughs> we're nitpicking here that's still an awesome thing if they sweep this series upcoming against the yankees but yeah friday nights game was a wild one of this series and at one point in that game it looked like the season was over because everyone knew going into this series we talked about it this was a must-win series. You had to do something special in this series against Oakland to show that the Blue Jays were still in the race to not fall behind and not fall too far behind Oakland. And they come out. They're down 8-2. to two, And then, you know, in an instant with two outs in the eighth inning, Uh, they just come to life, right? They have a runner on second base, two outs, and they get hit after hit after hit. They get a grand slam from Lourdes Goriel Jr. And then we go to the ninth inning. And again, it seems like the season is over. It seemed like that was a fun inning. You go to the ninth, the bullpen blows it. Oh, well, you know, the season is over. But then you come back out and Marcus Simeon hits that walk-off three-run homer. Um, It was really the game of the season. There's no other way to put it. And you can't describe the feelings that you go through watching a game like that having the Blue Jays be down so much and then come back and it feels like at that point they are guaranteed to win the game you have to win a game like that and then they blow it again and then they come back again it's just a wild turn of events and to have the season hinging on that one moment it felt like it was huge and then of course they come out Saturday and Sunday and win both those games as well but uh, I want to hear your guys' thoughts about the Friday night game because that's the game that everyone was talking about. It's the game of the season. Um, I had a lot of fun watching it, very nervous watching it, but uh, a lot of fun definitely watching it.
2: I'll tell you what, if you had fun during this game, then you better buckle up for the next four or five years because this is, this is a sign of things to come. And One of the things that I, I heard at the end of the Blue Jays and 30 showing, Dan Shulman said something like, if the Blue Jays make the playoffs, this is one of the games you'll look back on and say this is the one that helped them get in, and I think, I mean, standings-wise, yes, I think if they if they lost this game, it probably would have been over, it probably would have been too far of a gap, because both the Yankees and the Red Sox all had, They I think they only lost the Sunday game, which is the game the Blue Jays obviously won, but they had, if they had lost, they would have been six games back of a wild card spot, and at that point, I think you're looking at uh, probably calling or putting, throwing in the towel. But you know what? The offense, uh, it it came around. I mean, I don't really know what else to say other than the fact that the offense, the entire series, it was fantastic. But, you know, you look at, we talk about how they were like one for 30 with runners in scoring position going into that Tiger series. And it was just, at times, it was okay in the Oriole series, but it still wasn't great. But you have four, three guys on, two outs. Guriel launches a ball into. I think it was the second deck too. Like he, it was. I think it was a breaking ball that he hit. He was. Uh, he hit that into the stratosphere almost. And you know what? This team, it's showing that the, even though the the odds were seven percent making the playoffs going into this series. I think that they don't care. I, I honestly, I do think that this uh, this team has a shot of, of really overtaking teams. They overtook the athletics in, in, this, uh, in this series with this winner. Technically, they're tied with them four games back, both of them, but it's a lot better than what it looked like going into the series. And the one thing that I will say, despite the fact that the offense was so great and the fact that... Even though they were down in the ninth inning, I had no doubts. I knew that they were gonna come back, to be completely honest, like Ross Stripling said. Never a doubt in my mind. But had the Blue Jays have lost that game, I think we would be talking about how oh, this was one of the worst games of the season. You know, there were a couple of errors. There were there was one error I think charged to Bichette. There were a couple of misplays by him and other guys throughout the field. You know, you look at Nate Pearson's first inning, Teoscar Hernandez had a there was a bloop single where he I think he, he misplayed it. Probably shouldn't have jumped for it or dove for it. Should have maybe tried to just play it off the hop. There, there was pretty bad pitching in that. I mean, Alec Manoa two hit batters. It looked like he was pretty rattled after that, and I think he was charged with six earned runs. So all all six of the runs were earned. That's not very good. And you know, Dan Showman also he said this is a learning experience. You can call it call it that for Alec Manoa. He is he's still a rookie he's barely made 20 starts in the big leagues but overall like the, the offense was fantastic but still when you look at the fine details of this game it was it was not very good for the team but you know you mentioned the errors the the lack of pitching but all of that goes out the window i don't i don't you know we talk, i said that if they lost this would have been the worst game of the season they didn't lose they won it was probably the best game of the season, to be completely uh, fair to the team. And what a way for Marcus Simeon to, to really put a cap on a great season. And I say put a cap as if this is the end. There's still probably going to be a couple moments for him. You know, you, you put on that jacket after the end of the game. It's, it, you know, it's it just, it, it was the perfect way, I think, to end the game. And to see, like, I completely, to be completely honest, going into the eighth inning, when you're down 8-2, to two, I was like, eh, Whatever you know i'll watch the game but i'm just watching it to pass time at this point and then i see 8 to 3 8 to 4 I, then 8 to 8 like the 8 to 8 notification i'm it it made my heart skip like 3 beats because i i just i didn't expect that and especially with 2 outs you have a, a bases loaded walk and then that grand slam It just you know for all the the bad moments the blue jays bullpen has had this season it's nice to finally be on the opposite end of that and, and you know if if the team somehow gets into the playoffs i think this will be not only standings wise one of the helping games but it'll also be the turnaround for them because you realize hey we were down 8 to 2 and we scored 9 runs in the last two innings we can easily overtake any team and we hey easily take a wild card game if if it uh, if it comes to that
1: Yeah, um, this was... Yeah, if you're completely right, um, if the Jays somehow do get in, this is the game to look back on. And I do say that with caution because we do know the series that lies ahead of them, and that's why we've witnessed, I guess, over the past month or two of how things can quickly change based on what we saw going back to the end of July when they first came back, when they went on that first uh, run, when they went on that losing streak, or when they had the bad road trip uh, starting out west and then through Seattle, through Washington. So that's why I'm going to take this all with some caution. But this weekend is what they needed. They needed it at least two out of three, at worst, and that's what they're going to need this week. They're going to need to take three out of four. But you know, looking back on the series in particular, um, they they kept they have kept their season alive with this, and it, it's no question about that. Uh, amazing performances from pretty much everyone on the most part, and yeah, going back to Friday, it's just—I mean, Jacob, you mentioned it too. Like out of everything that's happened this year, the Jays have been probably one of the worst or just the team with the least amount of luck and the worst luck basically in the entire league. And when that's when, you know, when it's 8-3 or 8, sorry, 8-2, you know, nobody really has a lot of faith. I'm sure a lot of people turn off the TV at that point. Um, you know, I've learned from many experiences to never do that um, for particular reasons, even going back to a couple of years ago. So the game was always on. I think everyone kind of, and for those who kept the game on, I'm sure people kind of started to focus again in the 8th inning, because it are, obviously it starts off with the Breivik-Valera walk. Um, <clears throat> Breivik-Valera walk, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. singles, brings in 8-3. And then, of course, we all know what happens after that. People start walking. I think it was Alejandro Kirk walked. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez walked. I think even before that, Bo Bichette got hit by a pitch. That loads the bases for Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who pretty much caps off an amazing weekend. But first of all, first of all, that was the start of it. Hits a grand slam, ties the game. That was the first comeback. The crazy part about this is that they made two comebacks. And again, in the second comeback, came from Marcus Simeon, who takes it off of his former team to win it for the Jays. So that must have felt good, and you have to imagine that felt good. But, you know, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in particular, an RBI machine this weekend, finishes the weekend with 10 RBIs, had himself uh, probably one of the... This is definitely the best uh, hot streak he's been on this season. This is the best baseball he's been playing. And even over the last 15 days, his numbers have been showing that. An OPS over 1,000 at 1,029... Batting 370 with two home runs, 14 RBIs in that span. He's been heating up. One of the best hitters for sure on this team uh right now. And it's not even close. Yeah, not, not even close whatsoever. There's a lot of highlights from this weekend. And, you know, even coming off of a bad start from Alec Manoa, things just weren't looking good. And Mark, I think you capped it off perfectly. I think a lot of people thought at that point in time the season was over. I mean, you know, Alec Manoa allows six runs in five innings. Um, Nate Pearson comes on, and obviously he wasn't uh, sharp in his very first appearance either. A couple runs come in from that. And then, um, you know, at that point, you're you're thinking that this is it, uh, even regardless if the Jays take two out of three this weekend. If you look at the standings now, if they did take two out of three, they would have been five games back, and essentially they, they would have made up nothing, which is why we all know the position they're in. We all, we all know the math. That is why they need to over-exceed these expectations if they have any signs of life or they want to show any signs of life in that wildcard race. And that's exactly what they did. Going back to why I predicted a sweep, I think that this team knows that they have to take that next step. And two out of three wasn't good enough this weekend. It wasn't acceptable. And they know that they... they I think they believe they can do it. And I think the, the the most frustrating part, too, from everyone and all these... All Jays fans across the country is that we know they can do it. Um, They just... Unfortunately, they have been inconsistent pretty much all year in terms of you know them being hot at the same time and what i mean by that is when the offense is hot the pitching's cold when the pitching's hot the offense goes cold and we've seen that pretty much the past or pretty much most of i mean at least the second half of august till now uh it's just been inconsistent all all throughout uh and that's what it looked like too in game one of the series when alec manoa allowed six runs but saturday and sunday the jays settle down jose brios makes a great start on saturday we all know Robbie Ray is going to have a great day when he pitches as well. And he did that on the Sunday. We'll get in, probably get into the other two games in a little bit, but I'll still focus on game one. So it just, some something clicked in, in that eighth inning. And something completely switched. turned the It turned the tables for sure. And, you know, as much as Lourdes Guerrero Jr. was leading the way with that, there were so many other contributors in that. And we know the Marcus Simeon walk-off. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. continues to hit the bat well as well. I think he went three for four in that game. So... Lots of things that turned the thing or turned the game around for the Jays. If you're going to ask me, or pretty much ask anyone, if the Jays had that in them to do that against a team who they're chasing at the time, who they were chasing at the time in the Oakland A's to cap off a comeback like they did, scoring six runs in the eighth inning and then uh, three runs in the ninth inning, uh, pr- pretty much would have called you crazy. I think anybody would have called you crazy for that one. And even even after that comeback, we know Jordan Romano comes in, he gives up two runs. Things aren't looking good again, and, you know, the the thought process that you have is, you know, they, they came back all for nothing, and that's why it made it so special, pretty much what happened in the the bottom of the ninth when the Jays capped that off, and none other than Marcus Simeon, who we all know is going to get paid this offseason, but uh, what a special season to witness uh, from Marcus Simeon and even somebody like Robbie Ray, you know, two guys that are probably going to be the head of the free agent class this winter, if not one of the top people, or top free agents this winter, and, um, you know, it's just a special season to have out of both of them, and it's definitely been a pleasure to have them on this team, and who knows what the future holds with them, but, you know, we still have a month left to go, and I guess we're going to get to that, cross that bridge when we get to it, but the Jays still have an important four-game series, and you have to make the most out of this as well, and you go back to yesterday in particular, the Baltimore Orioles, helped out the, the Jays yesterday with a late inning or late game rally over the Yankees. I think that's something that no nobody really predicted uh, that was going to happen and of course Cleveland helps out the Jays as well. They beat the Red Sox 11 to 5. So the Jays get some help yesterday. They make up some ground as much as it doesn't look like that on the standings as much as it should because the Jays did gain a couple games on the Yankees who are now only half of a game ahead of the Red Sox in that first wildcard spot because I believe at the beginning of the weekend there were about two games. So as much as it doesn't really show it, the Jays made up some significant ground this weekend and they can't stop and they have to continue this throughout the, the rest of the season. But we already know this and we're going to see what happens as well this week in New York. All right. That's a big thing. Like... Even a week ago, we were saying the Yankees
0: were uncatchable, that the Blue Jays would just have to catch the Red Sox. And now, like, the Red Sox and Yankees are essentially tied. Like, yeah, the Yankees have one game up, but for all intents and purposes, they're in the exact same spot in the standings. And the Blue Jays, for them, it's much more advantageous to t- be trying to catch the Yankees and the Red Sox because they have seven games against the Yankees, including this four-game set. So, you know... We can talk more about the situations and what might happen, but if you take three of four in this series, I know that's a huge ask. You're talking about the Yankees, who are a good team. They won 13 in a row at one point, even though they are four and six in their last 10 games. They are a good team. But if you take three of four from the Yankees, then in the worst case scenario, you're two and a half back of the second wildcard spot, depending what happens with the Red Sox. In the best case scenario, you are two games back. From that second wildcard spot so you can see the situation unfolding where you're going into the final two three weeks of the season with only two and a half games to make up including a three game set against the yankees so it's very possible if you come out of this series with a big series win that the blue jays can make up that ground be in the conversation until the final weeks of the season Uh, The one sticking point in that potentially is the Seattle Mariners because they are the one team now officially in between the Blue Jays and the wildcard spots because this series with Oakland, as huge as it was to pick up those games on the Yankees and on the Red Sox, it was even bigger to pick up those games on Oakland itself. We officially passed Oakland in the standings. Um, It's only by one one hundredth of a percentage point in the standings, but we are listed officially above Oakland in the standing. So essentially tied, but, you know, just because we've had two less games than them and have, are, each of us are uh, 11 games over 500. Effectively, the Blue Jays have a better record than them. Anyways, um, the one sticking point is Seattle because that's the team in the way and they've won five in a row. They're hot. They're six and four in their last 10. They're three games back of the Red Sox, three and a half from the Yankees. So they're a game ahead of the Blue Jays. So that's The sticking point in this plan that you're laying out for the Blue Jays to make it back into the postseason and make it back into contention. But it's still very possible. And you look at how this team is playing right now. You know, things can change on a dime. And I think that's what was most remarkable about that Friday game. It really changed on a dime. The season was dead with four outs left in a game. And there was nothing cooking. Right? You have Bravik Valera on second base. That's it. With a six-run deficit and four outs to work with. Like That's ridiculous to expect it to turn around, and it really came out of nowhere. And it was in a matter of like 10 minutes, you go from down 8-2 to tied 8-8. It was really, really remarkable with the walks, the hit-by-pitch, a couple singles in there. Um, That's what blows me away the most, and that's what gives me some hope heading into these final weeks. Again, we do want to curb our um, hope and enthusiasm about the Blue Jays because they are still four games back. They still have a team in the way, but it's pretty remarkable to think of where they are right now, and where they could be in just four games' time, depending on how this series against the Yankees goes. So again, this series against New York, can't say it any more than this, it is so, so pivotal for the Blue Jays to take three of four, if not four of four, in this series against the Yankees. It's a lot to ask for, but you can lay out the situation, see where this is going, and this is kind of the place the Blue Jays need to be. It's a dream scenario if you were looking at the Blue Jays just a week ago, and I know we all declared them dead, a couple of weeks ago, and we're hopefully going to be very wrong about that, and we hopefully will never live it down because I'd rather be wrong than have the Blue Jays not make the postseason. But exciting times to be a Blue Jay fan. So, for you guys, what are you looking for in this series against the Yankees? Because first off, it's going to be must-watch baseball. We got the first game coming up in a couple hours at one o'clock today on Monday. But what are you looking for for the Blue Jays to do in this four-game set?
2: I think the. The key has to be runners in scoring position because, you know, what did they do good in this series against the Athletics? Well, they scored a a darn lot of runs, which is just, it's not the case or it wasn't the case in the previous two series. Or really, ever since they left the the Rogers Center after that that initial homestand, the offense was pretty dead. That's easily got to be the biggest thing. And the second thing, you got to get good pitching. And I mean, Hyunjin Ryu, he's starting today against Jameson Tyone in the first game. Ryu was actually pretty good in his last start. I know it it didn't look too great, only I think it was five and two-thirds innings with three earned runs charged to him, but he had a no-hitter going into those five and two-thirds, and then he just kind of fell apart. So he's going to need to rebound. As I just pull up, they have Steven Matz. I think they have every starter except for Robbie Ray because he started in yesterday's game. So you're going to need good pitching out of all of those guys. Another thing, uh, we talk about Jordan Romano. That's actually his second straight outing where he's allowed two earned runs, so I trust him fully still i'm i'm not saying that i that i don't think that he's still capable of closing out games but i'm gonna need to see him not allow those runs or at least you know get quick outs like he he usually gets but other than that i mean like this team looks like it's clicking like you're gonna need good offense you're gonna need good pitching you're just gonna need to keep doing what you've been doing in this oakland series and new york's a good team I know you mentioned that they're four and six in the last 10 I still wouldn't count them out I wouldn't say that the blue jays have an easy series by any means. But you're gonna to need to at least, uh, I think, honestly, I like. I know a sweep is unrealistic, but you're gonna to need to win three, if not four, games in order to really make up ground. Because you look at it, going into this Oakland series, the Blue Jays had 30 games left. They now have 27. They needed, to, or they need to go at least 20 and 10, I think, in those last 30. And now it's 17 and 10. I think you, you kind of, you're at the point now where you either win 3-4 four or 4-4 four four to have a shot. Because if you don't, like, say say they drop two of these games, well, down the line, if you want to make some type of a push for the playoffs, then you're going to need to sweep another team. And I'm not saying that it's unrealistic or, or that it's not possible, but you're at the point now where your losses need to be very, very few and far between. So that's just the biggest thing. Like, the Blue Jays, they know what they have. They're leaving the Rogers center we know that ever since they've come back there, they've actually not had uh, a lot of luck. They've uh, they've obviously that first road trip was was very bad in in Seattle and and L A. But the biggest thing going into this New York series, offense needs to needs to stay hot, and the pitching needs to stay where it's at. Because if say the if the offense goes cold, I think they're done. I, I don't think that they win many games, maybe one. But same thing with the pitching. Like you, you basically. You're at the point now where you're facing the good teams in meaningful situations. You gotta be as as good as you possibly can, or, or else you're just you're straight up you're gonna lose. So, looking forward to it. Only a couple of hours until game one. Let's just hope for you can can match what he did in the last start. Maybe uh, ease off with the the earned runs or, or have a better go of it towards the end of his outing. But offense, hopefully the offense can also back him up because I think they only scored two runs in in, in his last start. But It'll be exciting. I'm just hoping to see a a well-rounded game from this entire team.
1: Basically, they need to play like the way they did Saturday and Sunday. They need complete hitting. They need complete pitching at the same time, pretty much to summarize it short from what Jacob said. Um, And, you know, based on what we saw this weekend, you have no reason to believe that they can't do it. I mean, we were talking about Lourdes Gurriel Jr.'s hot streak. uh, Bravik Valera, let's talk about Game 2 a little bit too, and Bravik Valera hit a home run. Um, Gurriel continues the hot streak like I just mentioned. And somebody who has been under the radar and somebody who had a really good series themselves is... um, Danny Jansen. I mean, what what a what a homestand for him, or what a weekend for him. He comes back off the aisle, He hits a home run, and he's been hot um, over his past couple games that he's been actually been playing in. And the funny thing is, actually, right before he got hurt for the second time he was starting to figure it out. So I'm glad he carried it over. And for somebody who needs to perform the way, or pretty much needs to perform, it's somebody like Danny Jansen. It's crucial for him pretty much for his future as well. And uh, you love to see it. You love to see it. Uh, and that's just one of the many people who have been contributing to this offense and who have been pretty much um, been leading the way, or not even, just been key contributors. Bo Bichette's also been hot. He went four for four yesterday. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. went three for five yesterday as well. Alejandro Kirk, another one who's been hot three for four with the home run and three RBIs he had a massive three run home run so all these guys here are hot and they these guys need to carry it over we know this and even starting pitching we know that Jose Barrios had a really good start that's a couple straight starts now where him or with them where he's been he's been sharp I mean he goes six and two thirds um, from that game and he was pretty much sharp he goes three earned runs and a lot of strikeouts and Robbie Ray we know Robbie Ray won't be involved in the series but I mean, each time he pitches, he continues to make that push for that Cy Young Award. So based on paper this week as well, um, in, in today's game, you have Jamison Tyone going against Hunjin Ryu, and I think Hunjin Ryu is one of the deciding factors of this series, um, in my opinion, just because the fact that Robbie Ray is not involved, um, you have pretty much everybody else, like Jacob was saying, you need Hyunjin Ryu to pitch well here, because we know he's had good moments, he's had really bad moments. Um, He's had bad moments against good teams. He's had good moments against good teams. He needs to be consistent, and this is an important game here because in Game 2, you face up against Garrett Cole, and Steven Matz is pitching for the Jays in that game as well. If you want to take 3 out of 4, this is maybe the game that they don't necessarily win, just off of paper. I'm not saying they're not going to win it for sure, but just off of paper, you know the way that sounds. It doesn't sound that reasonable. On Wednesday's game, you have... um, you ha- who is it you have Alec Manoa going uh, for the Jays I don't think the Yankees have a listed starter but it's likely going to be Nestor Cortez Jr and then of course in the the final game game for you have Jose Barrios and I believe that lines up Jordan Montgomery so basically out of all of these games besides Tuesday you have the advantage for starting pitching you have the advantage because obviously that the offense can you know most likely hit off of these guys but you know uh, this has been a story all year. On paper, it looks like the Jays have the advantage most nights. And, you know, that doesn't always uh, happen. Unfortunately, it's been one of those years where just nothing really goes their way. So you need them to capitalize on this opportunity. And, you know, it couldn't come at a better time on paper based on what we saw this weekend and, you know, maybe carry over that confidence a little bit more. So I'm not feeling too bad about this series. It's going to be tough. Um, I think, you know, I know you need three out of four. And I guess at worst, you'll take a split. But. For a team that needs to continue to make a push, you got to win this series, and I'm sure they know that. So that's why I'm holding out hope and crossing my fingers that happens. We know the bullpen, um, you know, they had some rough spots, they had some good spots. That game on Saturday when Oakland kind of rallied back, that was concerning, that was scary. But, you know, the one thing I take away too, which is a really bright spot from the bullpen yesterday, and I mentioned him a little bit uh, based off of his first appearance on Friday, was Nate Pearson. He was sharp. Much better much better and much different pitcher um in that game yesterday. He goes one inning, three strikeouts, strikes out the side in that. And if he can continue that consistency, he's gonna be a weapon of this bullpen for the rest of the year. I'm not saying uh first of all, do the Jays, you know, throw him in a tough, high-leverage situation this series. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised whatsoever. It likely won't come today. You might see it in game two or game three because of that. we they've gone through a lot of people who are shaky. Joaquin Soria was completely, or was a disaster on Saturday. And, you know, you might not have a lot of options to go to. Nate Pearson might have his name called at some point in this series. And again, one guy who's been coming back and who's been continuing to pitch uh, in AAA is Julian Merriweather. I think there's, I think the J said it's a 50, 50 chance. He is in New York for this series. If he is also back with the team, you have to imagine that he's going to be one guy who's going to be relied upon heavily as well. Do I think it's necessarily fair uh, for them to be thrown in the fire right away? Maybe not, but based on what we've seen from the bullpen this year, and if you want to make the playoffs, you really have no choice. You really have no choice at all. So a lot of things need to go right on paper. It doesn't look as bad in terms of the starting pitching, but the Jays got to continue, to continue this hot streak. They got to carry things over, and both the pitching and the hitting has to be consistent at the same time. Um,
0: yeah, you definitely like the bullpen reinforcements that the Blue Jays are getting. Nate Pearson, however rough he may have looked in, in his first appearance, he came back out there and did what... You know, we all are hoping him to do, uh, to have him do in the later innings and throw that, you know, 100 mile an hour fastball, that slider, and get those strikeouts, which is exactly what the Blue Jays need in their bullpen. They really don't have a high velocity guy except for Jordan Romano. So to have Nate Pearson in there and being able to do what he did the other day, that's really important and what he's done for a couple of appearances in the minors. So that's really important. And yeah. Getting Julian Merriweather back would be huge as well. It sounds like he's going to be back in this series against the Yankees. If he's not, I would be surprised if he's not back by the end of the next series. So um, that's another reinforcement for the Blue Jays to get in the back end of their bullpen, and you got to be pretty happy with that as well. Um, Let's talk about Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon, because both of these players are guys that the Blue Jays should be trying to extend or at least be talking about re-signing once it gets into free agency. And we saw this week we had finally our first bit of news about the extension attempts by the Toronto Blue Jays. They have already attempted to extend Marcus Simeon. They plan to approach Robbie Ray in the offseason. season about re-signing him to a long-term contract. This was reported by Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic, and like I said, it was kind of the first bit of news we've heard about extensions, because obviously, like for months now, everyone's been bantering about how much these guys deserve and whether the Blue Jays will be willing to fork over the money or whether they'd rather explore their options in free agency, but it seems like the Blue Jays are serious about getting these guys back, or at least right now, they're entertaining the possibility. Um, We've already talked about how much money it'll take to get these guys back. I think the expectation from all of us for Robbie Ray was, I think I said 5-125 for his deal. Um, Both of you guys were in the same ballpark, if I remember correctly. I don't think we talked about Marcus Simeon, how much he'll command in a free agency deal, though. So Or an extension, obviously, if it comes to that. Um, Personally, I look at the model of DJ LeMayhew's contract last offseason as kind of a... General idea of what we can expect Marcus Simeon to command this offseason, or like I said, if he gets an extension. And um, LeMahieu got, I think it was five, six years, $90 million, and he was kind of looking for more of the long term. He was looking for getting towards $100 million instead of taking a shorter term, higher average annual value deal. I think we won't see the same thing with Marcus Simeon, but Marcus Simeon is a more valuable player. So I think five years, 100 million, five years, 110 million around there, maybe even higher given what we saw the Blue Jays give to George Springer, what it took to get him to come north of the border if the Blue Jays are signing someone like Simeon, high profile guy like that. And they're trying to ask him to shift over to second base permanently. I think it's going to take a little bit more to entice him north of the border, but I think that's kind of the ballpark number range we're looking at 100 million 110 million maybe it gets up to 120 125 somewhere around there for marcus sumian where do you got where do you guys think the uh the contract will end up
2: yeah i'm gonna echo you i think that he's probably he's gonna come at least 25 million a season and he's making 18 this year i i don't know exactly what the qualifying offer is but it's probably around that it's usually been around the high teens He's probably going to command, I think, at least twenty five million a season, and you know he he is getting a little bit older. I I think that the term is also important because you talk about Robbie Ray we, about him last week. The thing with them is, say Robbie Ray or Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon, say they sign a contract this season, which they're expected to do. It, say it's two years, or what happens? Say they're not as good as they were this season in those next two years then their next contract, it's going to be very tough to come by and it, it, it'll be at a lot less than what they signed this year. So they're kind of looking to lock themselves up, get, get themselves a guaranteed amount of money throughout the next four or five years. But they also, you know, they want that. They, they want money. That's the thing. And then they want, they want to be guaranteed that they're going to make their money this season, but also in the next couple seasons because of how good they were this year. And it, I think it does make sense. Uh, five years i'm gonna say 125 uh, 125 million 25 million dollar average annual value do the blue jays fork that over it's gonna to be tough i mean i do can they afford it yes but when you consider you also have robbie ray to resign it'll be i, I think it will it's realistic i think it's likely or it's it, it's at least possible it just it depends on how the ex- on how the offseason, how it transpires. And I do think that Simeon might have a liking to come back. I mean, if he wants to win a World Series in the next couple seasons, it definitely could happen here. But it's going to, I'm not sure. I'm going to say it's a 50-50 on Robbie Ray if he comes back. I think it's a lot higher for Robbie Ray. But it's going to, it'll be tough, I think, for Simeon. Do I think he wants to come back? Yes, I think the Blue Jays can afford him. It's just it's something where I think you just kind of have to wait and see. But easily he could be one of the the biggest offseason acquisitions for the teams or reacquisitions, really, if if he is to come back and perform at at, at as high of a level if he, that he is this year.
1: Yeah, you know what? I honestly think it's going to be pretty similar to what Robbie Ray gets, um, or even what they both asked for. And really, when you I'm not going to repeat it, because I kind of pretty much agree with both of you. But really, when you add both of them up, if you want to keep both or any of the chances, it's going to be pretty much around $200 to keep both of them. And that's without signing Teoscar Hernandez to an extension. We know Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to be... I think he's arbitration eligible this winter. Bo Bichette's also going to need a raise eventually. All these guys, we're getting to the point now where they're going to be asking for a raise. And the Jays are going to have to continue to spend if they want to keep this core together. Now, I do think they can. And based on what we've seen, I think Ross Atkins kind of hinted that their budget will be increasing, which is good news because they have to if that's the case. And there's just... You know, a lot of things need to go right for them to kind of fit everybody in here. But I do think that they have uh, the opportunity to do it. I'm not. I don't know if the Jays will. But you know, the the question I have, or what I wonder about the Simeon report, uh, when Ken Rosenthal reported that the Jays unsuccessfully, I guess, offered him an extension, was, you know, I want. I'm kind of curious just to know. Like, was it an actual offer? Was it just talking? Like, and, you know, if I'm Marcus Simon, obviously I would do the same thing and I'd go to the market unless it's a severe overpay. I think he just deserved that right to do that. Um, and the, the one thing I kind of wonder about is that they haven't spoken to Robbie Ray yet. So, you know, does that kind of make you feel like they have a better chance or they're more confident with talking to Ray and waiting till the winter? And maybe do they they're not as confident with bringing Simeon back. Now, I've said it before on this um on this podcast that I think out of the two, you'd rather bring back Robbie Ray and even if you and take that away, I think you have a better chance of bringing back Robbie Ray. I think they're going to I think one of them is for sure going to be coming back. You know, if you're going to ask me at the beginning of the year or even, you know, in a situation from a couple of years ago, I think both of them would be gone, but this is a competitive team. There's an attraction here and to win and there's a contraction here to compete. And I'm fully confident that at least one of them are going to stay. I don't know if everyone would agree with that. I think a few people think both of them are going to leave. But, you know, the one thing, too, when you look at their payroll is that the Jays have a lot of um, money coming off the books. And, you know, you want to talk about pretty much salary that they've been paying this year. Um, They're still paying Tanner Rourke $12 million dollars. The one thing I didn't realize until a couple days ago is that they're still paying Troy Tulowitzki for this year. They owe him 4000000 million. They're still paying Tyler Chatwood. They took on Brad Hand's entire deal. Shun Yamaguchi, they're still paying. you got to remember, too, they're paying um, Kirby Yates as well. There's a lot of people here that they've been paying who aren't even on the roster. And that's usually, you know, you see that a lot in sports. But uh, you have to remember that these are all contracts that are going to be coming off the books. And, you know, that potentially gives the Jays more flexibility, you know, more money to spend. And I think a lot of people kind of oversee that is that there is a lot of money coming off the books this winter. So realistically, what I'm trying to say is I personally believe and obviously we don't really have any insight in what they're actually spending in terms of their payroll or what is available to them, the, the flexibility they have, their priorities. But if they wanted to. I firmly believe they can keep both of them. I don't know if they will. I don't know if they're willing to do that in terms of because of the cost. But I really firmly believe based on the amount of money they have left to spend, if they really wanted to, they can do it. But I'm, I don't know if they will. Um, I think one of the two for sure will be back, like I mentioned. And I think just a lot of people kind of agree with all of us and you know have that same mindset that if any of them were to come back, it's going to be Robbie Ray. And I personally believe you need Robbie Ray more, and that's crazy to say from both of them because both of them have been had or had spectacular years, and it's been you know a complete honor watching both of them play for this team this year. And that's another reason why you you know when you look back on this season, if the Jays do fail to make the playoffs. You know, you can make that argument that you wasted a good year out of both of these guys and arguably one of the best teams that you've ever had on paper. Um, The Jays got both of these guys at a bargain. They took a chance on them. They both took a chance on themselves, including Marcus Simeon and uh, Robbie Ray. And it's paid off for both sides. They're both going to be getting paid. And it's really going to be up to the Jays in terms of what they decide to do this winter. And, you know, who knows, even if they approach both of them, uh, they obviously there's going to be other plans that they have. There's going to be other rumors, other players that we don't even know about who they're going to be targeting. I do think it's going to be a busy winter for them. I think they will be active. I think they will continue to spend no matter who it is. But you'd like to see both of them back I obviously wouldn't but out of and if you had to go about or down to you choose one or the other I still got to choose Robbie Ray and it's just crazy to say to turn that down after what Marcus Simeon's done this year but it's going to be tough and both of them have earned the right to go to the market and see what they can get from all 30 teams because they're going to have interest from everybody I don't know how if a team especially if you can afford them how you won't have interest in either of those two yeah
0: it's really like it's choosing between a guy that's going to finish in the top three of Cy Young voting or a guy that's going to finish in the top five of MB- MVP voting. It's like if you're a Blue Jay fan, if you're the Blue Jay front office, this is a good problem to have. And I think like what you're saying, Bryson, it's very clear that Rogers, if they want to sign both these guys, they can and they will like there's nothing stopping the Blue Jays from spending this money. The Blue Jays aren't the Royals, they aren't the Tampa Bay Rays. The Blue Jays are a big market team. They have the money to spend. They have the financial backing of Rogers to spend this money on both these guys. So if they if the Blue Jay front office wants both these guys back, if Rogers is willing to spend that money, they can get these guys back. That's not the problem. I think the problem is the question of the Blue Jays' future and what else they have in store for this offseason. So do you spend that money on Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon, or do you spend that money on Robbie Ray and another free agent starter? Or do you spend that money on Marcus Simeon and a free agent reliever? Or do you spend that money uh, buying out the contract in, in a trade of a Couple relievers that you need on the team. Like, where do you want to spend this money? Because this money is going to get spent. The Blue Jays have this money and they have this flexibility years down the road in terms of their salary cap and their bankroll. So it's just a question of where you spend it and whether you want to spend it all this offseason on these two guys or whether you want to allocate some to extensions. For some of the younger players to all this other stuff that the Blue Jays have to do. So that's a real question. And I think it's interesting that the Blue Jays seem to be prioritizing Marcus Simeon right now. Um, I think maybe that means that it's an indication that we kind of underestimate his impact on this team. Not just on the field, obviously. Because we've seen what he's done on the field. But we also know kind of who he is off the field. And I think that kind of gets forgotten a lot of the time. But you look at him in Oakland. There were guys who were very mad at the team and and really sad that he left and didn't re-sign with the athletics because of the impact he had on the clubhouse. They called him captain because he was, you know, the leader in that clubhouse. He was such a good guy. We've heard from Charlie Montoyo that he's the hardest working baseball player he's ever met. I think that's something that's underestimated, and we know how much this front office values The personal side of things, values, the impact a person has in the clubhouse and off the field in terms of work ethic. And I think the fact that they are trying to go after Marcus Simeon first, whether that's just because they think it works for their money better, whether they think Marcus Simeon's going to be cheaper, or they've heard that Robbie Ray wants to test the market more, I don't know. But I think it shows that they value Marcus Simeon a lot behind the scenes, even more than what we see on the field. So. Um, that doesn't really tell us anything about who they're going to sign or who they should spend more money on. I think it's just interesting that that's the approach that they're kind of taking when we look at both these guys and we're in a conundrum of who we should sign. It seems like the Blue Jays are prioritizing Marcus Simeon. And if I had to wager, I think that would be part of the reason why.
2: Mm-hmm. That's that's totally fair. And I mean, honestly, like the, the team I think without Simeon has a lot of chemistry, but Simeon just adds to that. And it's obvious that at least for this season, he's happy here, and should he stay, I think he could easily be part of a very competitive team for the duration of his contract. Like, if he signs, a say, a four-year deal, he'll probably be, or the Blue Jays will probably be competitive all four of those seasons, or I say probably, I think it's almost certain that they would be, so it's it, it definitely, he would still, I think, be one of the biggest acquisitions, even if they get Robbie Ray, obviously, bringing back both of them would just make the offseason, I think, complete almost, but, yeah, it, I, I'm at the point where I would, if I could only have one, I would prefer Robbie Ray, just because the Blue Jays need pitching, whereas they do have some infield prospects coming up within the next couple seasons, however, I'm fine if they only get Robbie Ray, like, I, or, or get Marcus Simeon, like, I'm neutral, I, yes, I know I'm contradicting myself, but I would prefer Robbie Ray, but... I'm happy with any outcome as long as one of them come back or one of them or both of them. So if Simeon's able to come back and perform at even somewhat close to what he's at this season, like he's if he's able to go 260, 255-ish with 25 to 30 home runs, that's a very, very successful season and that's a very successful contract, I think. So if you bring him back, you get that type of performance, then the te- the, the the infield, I think, would be complete probably you know then you got the whole can of worms to open up with extensions and all these guys that we talk about we've talked about over the last couple of years how they're on rookie deals and whatever uh they'll have to be worked around but as of if you bring Simeon back i think that's just that solves a lot of the problems then you just worry about keeping guys for longer than you you currently have them but it'll be it'll be very interesting i think ross atkins is, uh, I, I don't envy his position right now. I, th- I think it will be tough for him to, to try and get those guys back, but be, especially considering that a lot of other competitive teams are going to want them as well, but it'll be fun to be along for the ride, I guess is the best way to put it. And we'll see who, who is able to come back. I think that both of them do want to come back or to some extent want to come back, want to return and, and they want to win. And if you want to win, you probably come back to this team but yeah, if you can bring both of those guys back, I think it would it would make the offseason complete and then it could I think it would it would make for a very competitive competitive team over a very long time.
1: I disagree with what I completely agree with what Mark said a few minutes ago. It's a good problem to have. You'd rather be dealing with this than dealing with nobody. And it's an intriguing thing that's gonna come this winter. But you know what? As much as that report came out yesterday, I'm still focused on the rest of the year, uh, the Jays making that playoff push and dealing with what we have for the last month, and we all know this series is going to be important, so I guess to end things off before you do, Mark, I mean, any predictions this uh, series? Because we were pretty close or pretty bang on with our last one, so let's hear it again. Let's go around of uh, what's happening this series. Go. Well, I'm excited to
0: hear what you say, because apparently whatever you say is just manifested into reality, but... um I'm torn between saying the Blue Jays take 2 of 2, um, go 2 and 2, or they take 3 of 4. Uh, I'll, I'll say 3 of 4. Why not? I was a little bit optimistic last series. I think, again, like I said last series, I think it's probably going to bite me in the butt. I think if I'm being extremely realistic, it'll be a 2-2 a split. But yeah, I'll go 3 and 1. The Blue Jays take 3 of 4.
2: Well, now that you said that, I, I kind of feel obligated to say something different. And part of the problem is, is it's either a sweep or two of two. No way. I, I don't think a sweep's likely. Uh. I'm going to... You know what? Whatever. I'm going to say three or four as well. I think that it's... Uh, a, a, a split is worst-case scenario. I'd still take it. I mean, you're, it's, not the, it's not the ideal situation, but I think three or four... I mentioned the starting pitchers earlier in the episode. I think three or four is probably... Likely.
1: <laughs> I'm thinking about yeah, I don't, it. I'm yeah, thinking at the about it, But it's four. <laughs> I can't. It. I can't over four games. I, I have to agree with both of you. I think three out of four. be Just because, too. Like, this is a realistic three out of four. Based on these matchups. Based on the starting pitching. Um, I think today is really important to see what's going to happen as well. Like I mentioned earlier with Hunjin Ryu. But based off of what we've seen on paper. You have to imagine... Three out of four. Besides that, Gerrit Cole start favors the Jays. You got to think three out of four. I'm I, I'm not going to predict the split. Um, that's just that's just not acceptable. So three out of four, <laughs> the Jays take it, and then they roll into Baltimore on a winning note. That is the goal. That is the hope, and I think they can do it based on what we saw this weekend. It's also just so so hard to sweep four game series. Exactly, like
0: it's next to impossible to sweep Like the last. Four-game series, I remember the Jays sweeping, I think, was against the Mariners. Maybe in, I don't know if it was 2019 or 2018. It's a while ago. Um, yeah, it's been a while since something like that has happened. So, it's so, so hard to do that. So, obviously, not predicting a sweep, but all of us are optimistic. Splitting this series is really the worst-case scenario that keeps the Blue Jays alive. I think if you lose three or four, they're out of it. And I don't know how many times we have to say that. They always give themselves new life just when we think they're done. And just when we think they're uh, finally taken off, they find a way to screw it up. But hopefully that's not the case this series. Hopefully they finally make that push. And we will see after this Yankees series. But until then, you can rate and view our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Just helps spread the word about what we're doing. You can support our podcast on Patreon. That's patreon.com section 138pod. You can watch our episodes on YouTube. And if you're watching these episodes, you can listen to them wherever you find podcasts and you can also stay up to date with everything we're doing on social media at section 138 pod that's on twitter and instagram until next week until after this series against the yankees which is hopefully a good one we'll catch you then